Hello and welcome to the Ginger Bets Be Good Golf Betting Podcast. Really excited this week. The first proper course of 2021. And this week we're reviewing the Farmers Insurance Open played at Tory Pines, the famous Tory Pines, that later this year will hold the US Open. I'm sure there'll be plenty of chat this week uh, on the various uh, social media networks and podcasts uh, that, uh, that are thrown out all around the globe about the difference in the course and how it will set up this week compared to, to, to later in the year when it hosts the US Open. Quite frankly, it's going to be harder at the US Open event than it will be this week. And this week, we also have the rotation of the North course, which is played on, on uh, either Thursday or Friday. But really excited to bring you this week's preview. Um, first proper course, as I've said, of the year so far. Decent test for the players. And the winner of this tournament over the past 15, 20 years has usually been an elite name that everyone's familiar with. There are anomalies uh, in that. But uh, Tiger dominated in the early 2000s. And then 2010 onwards, the roll of honour list is a who's who of golf uh, with, the, with the odd exception. So... You know, um, re- really looking forward to getting stuck in and uh, a decent field field to review this week. So for those of you that tuned in last week, a uh, slightly disappointing week, I, I think it's fair to say. Um, Paul Casey, the only one that gave us a run for our money. Um, you know, he was the one that I was least confident about tipping up. But as it was, he was the one that gave us a bit of hope going into Sunday. And as ever, with all good each way bets, whether it be the horses, the greyhounds or the golf tournaments, we managed to finish one outside the paid places. So I think Paul Casey finished a tied for ninth and, uh, you know, the recommended bets were with those companies that went eight places last week. So we've had uh, we've had the full lot this year in 2021 so far. I think first week. We managed a first ever. No podcast out there will be able to claim what the Gingerbets Be Good Golf Podcast did in week one, where we managed last place, second last place and fourth last place out of a 44-man field in the Tournament of Champions. So you can try all you like, but you will not get a podcast that can give you those insights. The good news is it got better week two. We had Mark Leishman tied fourth, 66 to one. Massive, massive anomaly in the betting market for me that week. He was a must bet, a max bet, and um, he paid out. Uh, he finished tied fourth, um, twelve to twelve to one um, the place, and uh, you know uh, reaped uh, profits for everyone. You know, if you had equal stakes across uh, all the bets that week, then you know you were doubling your money at very, uh, very worst. Um, and in often case, he was the headline tip. You might have. Uh, wagered um accordingly and therefore had a you know extra a, a bit of cash on mark leishman and if so again you'd have been rewarded last week as we said paul casey was our closest so we've you know all we're missing in 2021 so far we've had a last place we've had a place we've had a near miss one outside this week i'm bringing you the winner i'm bringing you the winner of the farmers insurance open well, I hope so at the very least anyway. Um, so let's get to it. As ever this week, we'll be doing a recap of the course, trying to look and identify what will be the key characteristics for success this week in terms of driving distance, put in strokes gained uh, around the green, proximity, etc. So I'll bring you, um, you know, 
breakdown of what the key skill sets will be uh, that are going to be required to get you over the line. Then we'll look at the market. And as ever, we'll split it into three areas. The top of the market, that mid range from 20 to 50, 60 to one. And then the outsiders, the 60 to one and above field. This week, slightly different approach. But the tips will be coming from that top end of the market, 50 to 1 in less. And certainly the headline tip is I can already see it's Tuesday, the time of recording this. I usually like to get it out on a Monday that uh, the play has been tipped up. Um, you know, my headline pick's been tipped up in, in other areas. So, um, you know, usually uh, maybe I dance away from that, uh, knowing that, you know, he's tipped up in many places. But I'm mega keen on the headline tip this week. and. Uh, I think uh, he can uh, dig deep and, and get the job done. Um, so, you know, really looking forward to bringing you that. So uh, without keeping you, any waiting, uh, keeping you waiting any longer, should I say, let's get stuck into this week's podcast. Tory Pines it is then. The Farmers Insurance Open played across two courses at Tory Pines. We have the North Course and the South Course will be played on each of the first two days, Thursday and Friday, with the South course being played on the final two days for those that make the cut. Some subtle differences between the course and ones to point out. Um, North course always plays slightly easier traditionally than the South course. And, you, you know, you often uh, have got to score five, six, seven, eight under par and beyond to have uh, on the North course to have success in this event. The greens are also different on both courses. So the course that is played on three occasions, the South course fit, uh, has Poana greens, um, which are a lot more difficult to put on and, and less forgiving than the, the greens that will uh, be face the players on the North course this week. So not only is the layout on the North course slightly easier, the greens are, are, are slightly fairer or, or not slightly are fairer for the players and much, much prefer to, to be putting on those surfaces. The majority of players and the South courts itself will play more difficult as a layout and the greens are Poana. So I think when looking at making your final decisions, and I certainly did this, I wanted to see players with Poana positive putting performances over the past Certainly 25, 50 rounds. Excuse me. Um, so one other thing that I think um, is often pointed out and will be is the split between the, the draw. So is it more favourable to play the south course first or the north course first and get off to a flyer? Um, strictly speaking, this has favoured a south course day on Thursday and north course being played on the Friday, giving you that easier course the day before. Uh, two days of brutality uh, on the on the south course over the weekend. But the last few years, that trend has changed slightly. So when making my decisions this week, I didn't uh, put a huge bias towards uh, the, the draw itself and who would be playing um, the, the south course on day one, effectively. Um, and um, as ever with this podcast, you know, what I, what I like to try and do is bring you, you know, insights in general around the course, the players, the skill sets that are required. And if nothing else, I'm not expecting that people follow the tips blindly. You know, it might help narrow down your selections from four to two or from 10 to six to make up a DraftKings lineup. 
And I think that Poana positive putting performance this week is one that I would certainly want to see. Um, a player that has, um, you know, that has performed well in that area. So players that spring to mind that have never traditionally done well on Poana. Those of you that have ever backed Ricky Fowler, never really favoured them. Um, it is, it's not been, uh, you know, an event that's that's been favourable to, to him or a putting surface that has been um, favourable to him. I mean, a few others, uh, Victor Hovland, again, uh, you know, player at the top of his game, a lot of characteristics to suit this course, I think, but uh, his Poana putting performance is close to awful. I think he sits in the bottom 10 on the whole of the tour card or certainly those that are playing this week. So, you know, I do encourage you all to to look for players that are, Poana positive in in your final uh, final selections. Right this week, as ever, that's the course. Now I'm going to bring you skill sets required to be successful. I've done quite a bit of research into this week. I think it's fairly obvious the the skill sets that we're looking for uh, when you look at the role of honours um, at this event. You need to drive it well. You need to hit it miles. You need to be really on song with your iron games. In fact, your whole game needs to be on point. So. Um, uh, I'm going to drill down into that and bring you the, the key statistics that will uh, drive the outcome of this week's winner. And then we will review the top of the market, the mid market and those big outsiders. I do have a few thoughts in the big outsider selection that I want to share with you. Um, the market has been hammered on these selections since Monday when it first came out. Uh, Louis Oosthuizen was one that was 160 to 1 on Betfair, 160 to 1. I know it's his first event back in a while, but uh, a course that demands quality. It wouldn't surprise me if he was to make his US uh, breakthrough. How bizarre is that? Louis' US breakthrough. I don't think he's still not won on the PGA Tour. Um, so, um, yeah, it, would be, uh, it, it will be a case of looking at the top of the market for the headline selections. And I have, uh, you know, t one that I'm really excited to bring you, uh, albeit he's been tipped up in a few other places, which disappoints me. I usually get this podcast out on a Monday night. It's going to be Tuesday evening when it reaches you. And he is tipped up in other places. Usually uh, I could pivot from that, um, but I'm strong on him. And I think uh, it would be great come Sunday if uh, a lot of social media and those accounts that are uh, very popular in the golf world are on a similar person. So I'm not going to deviate. He was the one that I came out with uh, before I'd even looked at any other previews that are out there. And um, yes, uh, I'm excited to bring you that this week. So you've got one to look forward to at the 40 to 1 range. Right, kept you long enough. Let's get into that player profile and what are going to be the skill sets required this week. As touched upon, hitting it miles will be a must this week. I say a must, but really it is a must. You know, if you look at the players that have won this event, you've got John Rama, uh, you know, with his breakthrough or, you know, when he debuted at the course winning, hits the ball, hits the ball miles off the tee and hits it consistently straight as well. Look at Justin Rose, a winner here. Um, obviously, Tiger in his prime, uh, Bubba Watson, um, a, a winner at the event. And then even some of the, you know, the lesser names that have won the event, Scott Stallings, um, you know, popped up to win the event, not not someone who's short off the tee at all. Um, Jason Day in the top, you know, 15% of those on tour, another winner here, in fact, two-time winner. So it's, um, yeah, it, it, 
it goes without saying this week, and you'll hear it everywhere. But those that hit it far off the tee, you know, if you if you're if you're looking at two or three selections, and you're struggling to make a choice, you know, quite simply, I'd be looking at the the ones that uh, strokes gained off the tee, off the tee performance, and then distance would be uh, it'd be where I'd be looking to narrow it down. Certainly, where I've concentrated uh, a lot of my research this week. So goes without saying, driving distance this week is a key factor, and it's not something I've talked about in the pre in the previous tournaments that have taken place in 2021. This is one of the courses that demands you hit it a long, long way. Following that approach play, you've got to have top class iron play and approach play at Tory Pines. The strokes gained tee to green is a key is a key stat this week. Um, you just can't fake it round the south course. Um, the north course gives up plenty of birdie opportunities, and we look at the scoring at that event. Um, you know, players often shooting eight, nine, ten under par, but you won't see that at the south course, uh, even in benign conditions. You know, you just won't see it. And um, what what we're going to need this week is players that have the total game dialed in. So I've talked about those hit it miles off the tee, but your iron play is going to have to be on song. Uh, so looking at the consistency and approach pay, I'm going to look at proximity stats or have done. And that's where uh, my selections have been based from this week. Um, also want players that have got high greening regulation stats. So it's, uh, you know, coastal venue hitting those greens and those targets is going to be important in taking pressure off the putting performance. The Poana surfaces aren't the greatest to put on and aren't conducive to rolling in put after put after put. So therefore, Green regulation stats, safely being able to two-put and get around some of the trickier holes on the south course, I think are going to lead you and give you the foundation for success at this event. So, um, you know, to, to, to keep it short and succinct, the, the key characteristics that I've taken into account and I encourage you to do so when building your DraftKings lineups and when making your final selections. Do they hit it a good distance off the tee? Are they consistently gaining strokes off the tee and strokes tee to green in general, which takes into account approach play? Isolated from that, I want to see good proximity stats and good green and regulation stats over the past, you know, recent months in in iron play. Uh, and also want to take into account those players that have performed on big boy golf courses. So those 7,400 yard plus courses, I would say, you know, maybe 7,200 plus, but those shorter than that, you know, this week, uh, I wouldn't be reading too much into to, to that data. So there you have it. That's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for a player, Tita Green, on song in recent form, irons on song, and has good greening regulation stats in general, topped off by a solid putting performance on Poana Greens. And I encourage you guys to all do the same when making your final selections. So we've gone through the course. We've gone through the player skill sets. You're wondering, who's he going to land on? Not much longer to wait is the answer. Not much longer to wait. So let's review this market and bring you this week's selections. At the top of the market, and not often do I say this, John Rahm has an outstanding chance to win this week. Why? Probably because he's the best player in the field as a starting point. He's probably the most consistent, if not the best driver of the ball in the field, um, including Rory McIlroy in that. And he is a winner here on debut. 
a top five in 2019 and a runner-up finish last year. So three top fives in four goes at this event. He is rightly the seven to one, six to one uh, leader of this week's betting market. And for DraftKings purposes, those that are building the team at the top of the lineups, you know, you'll often got a decision to make. Do I go Rory? Do I go John Rahm? It's dead simple. <laughs> dead simple, isn't it? Don't even need to say it. So it's John Rahm. You go John Rahm. You don't go Rory. Um, you go John Rahm. He's, he's got a better chance of winning this event. He's not got the jet lag to deal with of flying over from Dubai. Uh, I thought Rory last week, um, albeit finished a second, or, or didn't finish second in the end, did he? He fell away, but he, he was leading going into that final round. Um, his game wasn't there all week. Out of the, out of the 72 holes, there were certainly 20, 20 plus holes where his game wasn't there. He still managed to finish in, you know, it went in the top 10. I, I can't recall his exact position, but he his game's just not firing his drive wasn't firing he was losing it left and losing it right um i also felt in his interviews when i watched closely there was a bit of self-doubt there and i just not prepared to back rory at that price at all and nor should you absolutely madness so um yeah john rahm at the top of the market definitely uh right favorite this week and he would be the one uh if i'm building my DraftKings lineups and i have to choose one at the top of the market in um you know in the in cash games, then I would be doing so. In those big uh, GDP, uh, GPP tournaments, then I suggest, you know, me even considering leaving the top of the market. You know, you've got to build a different lineup to beat the other 50, 60, 70,000 people that are playing in these tournaments and standard going for one of them top two, albeit they've got, a, you know, the best chance of winning. Um, you know, does mean you're competing against 30% of the field straight away still are in the event, uh, where if you can get one of those beat, you're playing against a much smaller pool. So, you know, that's my my thoughts on the, on the top two. When we consider the top of the market, I like to think of anything up to 20, 25 to one. So this week, that would mean John Rahm, Rory McIlroy, Xander Schauffele, Tony Finau, Harris English, Hideki and Patrick Reed are all available at sub 25 to one. I have no interest in Xander. Uh, he's 12 to one, 11 to one, 15, 14, 15 to one on the machine. Uh, he's missed four cuts here. Yeah, the course suits him perfectly. Statistically, you'd think he's got a great chance. I'm just not backing Xander. At these prices, um, I'll wait for the U.S. Open if uh, if I thought that he, um, you know, a tougher test, all four days played on the south course, better opportunities in my view for Xander, uh, and I also want to see him in a bit more consistency, uh, consistent form, not in it. so. Player that does interest me in in this uh, in this section, and, and I'm not tipping, but uh, you know, a few regular listeners actually will will laugh at this because I give them such grief last week on social media. Tony Finau has a fantastic record of at this event, right? Um, he's got he's got three top tens in six visits. And a 13th and 18th and a 24th. Made the cut on every occasion. So top 25 every year that he's been with three top 10s. The course suits, you know, top drivers of the ball. Those that hit green in regulation starts uh, consistently, you know, the high 75, 80% region. Um, 
plays the wind well and so on the coastal course on the on the south course especially where three rounds are played you know he's got um he's got form for playing in the wind well um poana greens probably uh, suit um suit him in the sense that it the disparity between good putters and bad putters it, it, it is narrowed so i think uh I think there's lots to like. If you're a fan of Tony Finau and you like him and he's in your thought process, certainly be including him in DraftKings lineups and wouldn't put you off an outright selection. So at the top of the market, he would be uh, my number one value pick. I'd rather play him than I would Rory or John Rahm outright. You can't really back them each way. I'd much rather play Tony at 20 to 1, eight places um, um Available with William Hill, Paddy Power and Betfair Sportsbook. Hideki is also one that um, is he's going to be tipped up in, in plenty of places. And again, the Poana surface, putting surfaces probably favour his game. Pretty, pretty much like Tony, really good uh, in terms of his tee to green game. It wouldn't surprise me if he if he got off to a flyer this week. But having tipped him up at uh, Sony, uh, or not Sony, sorry, the Tournament of Champions, where I thought he'd start the season hungry, uh, he had form there, and he'd get off to a flyer, he really disappointed me. So uh, he's going to struggle to get my money again this week. In fact, he, he won't be getting it. But for DraftKings purposes, um, I, I wouldn't put you off. Um, and Patrick Reed. <laughs> I'm just not sure his driving is the consistency and the level that I would want for someone that's going to win this event. Um, I tempted to more like Patrick Reed when the US Open comes round at this course. Um, so he again, he'll be the he'll be an easy easy fade for me this week. Albeit, you know, I can see why he will be popular with some. So in that you know in that top section there of six to one through to twenty five to one. The, the major avoids will be Rory McIlroy and Xander Schauffele. And the ones that tempt me the most would be Hideki and Tony Finau um, in terms of outright betting. It goes without saying John Rahm has a fantastic chance this week. And, uh, and you know, if you do like to um, have an interest come Sunday and, uh, you know, you, you you want to watch the golf and, you know, oh, I want to have a bet in it. I want to have something to cheer. John Rahm is most likely going to be around come Sunday and at seven to one uh, could be a betting option, but not for me and not for this podcast. Let's get into the exciting section. This is where the tips are coming. Cannot wait. 25 to one to 60 to one range this week. Just extended this mid range to include the 60 to one. Uh, section because there are so many players that I want to talk about. I'm going to hit you with it right from the off. Headline pick this week, without doubt, Adam Scott. Without doubt, Adam Scott. I, uh, I've taken some 55 to 1, 60 to 1 on the exchanges on Monday evening, uh, taken a bit more of the 50 to 1 and 48 to 1 that was on offer. Um, you know, in the early hours, then the previews came out from some of the leading uh, media sites in, in the UK marketplace. And they have tipped up Adam Scott. Guess what happens? The price is contracting. Um, I was tempted to pivot off him for, for the reasons of the podcast. Um, you know, he could be very popular, like I say, on loads of sites. And, and that's not ideal when you, you know, you, you're tr- trying to build a following and, and things like that, um, like we are here at Gingerbets. But 
I just can't get away from him at all um, for loads of reasons. And they're pointed out actually in some of the leading previews, but a few comments that he made a couple of weeks back at the tournament of champions around 10 or 12 events that he targets every year. Um, that really they're the key for the top players. And this being three rounds on the South course, an event that he's not turned up to loads in the past. In fact, I think only once where last year where he finished uh, a third place, um, obviously took a liking to it. Uh, three-time winner, I think, on the Poana surfaces, but uh, someone might correct me on that. Um, might be four-time, but certainly, uh, you know, multiple winner on Poana services, uh, plays big boy golf courses well, uh, driving game is up there with the best in the world, I am play the best in the world, and the one part of his game that probably doesn't meet the standards of, of his driving and approach play and short game would be his putting, and this week, it is on his on a on a surface that he's performed well on, and like I say, we get loss less disparity in terms of putting performance from those that are poor on the Poana greens. It seems to uh, even up the playing field a bit for for putting. So headline selection this week, without a shadow of a doubt, Country Mile, Adam Scott. I'm all over him. Uh, equal levels that I was excitement as I was about Mark Leishman a few weeks back when he was sixty six to one. And you had Patrick, uh, sorry, not Patrick, Joaquin Neiman coming off the back of his his win or second place at uh, at like 18 to 1, which just, you know, baffled me. And I think it's the same this week with Adam Scott. You've got um, Scotty Scheffler at 25 to 1. I actually think Scotty Scheffler's a real good shout this week. He'll be in loads of my DraftKings lineups. Uh, came close to tipping him, but just, yeah, just didn't quite get there. But he was certainly in my thought process. But you've got... Adam Scott, bigger price and was miles bigger, uh, you know, only 24 hours ago than the Mark Leishman. Yeah, because he won last year at the event, um, show no form up until we tipped him up the other week and he finished tied fourth and he's coming in at 33 to one. You've got Adam Scott, major champion, Masters winner, performer on big boy and bad boy golf courses. <sighs> not yeah. Jason Day, 35 to one. He might even not even play the four rounds. How's he 35 to 1 and Adams? No chance. Yeah. Matt Wolf, 28 to 1. Victor Hovland. Victor Hovland, 22 to 1. And Adam Scott, 40 to 1. Guys, if I can do. <laughs> There's so much volatility in betting markets in, the, the, in terms of how quickly they adapt to recent performance. 100 to 1 plus Mark Leishman was for nearly every tournament two weeks ago. He has won tied fourth and suddenly he's back into 33 to one because he's had past performance at this event you've got to spot these things and got to be aware to leave them alone you know when when the tie you know when these things happen when they contra contract too much um so for me uh this week adam scott is a standout in that 25 to one to 60 to one bracket another player that I have real high hopes for this week and has made the shortlist. He is in the selections. Bets placed is Cameron Davis. So thinking behind Cameron this week, great driver of the ball, good consistency in his game, really hungry, I believe, to make a breakthrough um, on tour and cement himself. And I feel that he's improving. His, his performance in contention is improving every time. So last week... Um, you know, from out of nowhere, really threatened the leaderboard, traded a short of three to one to win the tournament at one point. Um, 
I think this week's course will suit him. So the North, he's a very aggressive golfer. The North course will suit him in terms of he will be aggressive. He'll attack it. If he scores well there, then his game will translate well to the South course, where it requires great driving distance, good greening regulation, ball striking, all the things that suit his game. So the second selection this week. And he is contracting in price everywhere. So as of six o'clock on Tuesday evening, he's now 50 to one with the majority of sports books was available at 66 to one yesterday for sure. Cause I remember taking that. Um, I don't expect that he'll get much shorter, but um, he would be my second pick this week. So in, in that, uh, in that price range, um, each way 66 to one, but available at 60 to one still will be Cameron Davis. I, um, yeah, I'm a, I'm a big fan, big fan. Just other players to mention in this section, Bubba Watson past winner here, um, could easily perform well this week, but, uh, not for me, uh, too volatile a player. Uh, and I'm, I'm really sure on what I want this week in my, in my selections. And, uh, he doesn't quite fit that. Uh, Will uh, Zalatorius, a, a young player that came onto the scene last year with uh, much hype. Um, I just, you know, he's the same price more or less as Adam Scott. He's 45 to 1 in places, 50. Yeah, not for me. Uh, I'd happily leave him out of DraftKings lineups as well because he's the talk of the town and will be really popular. Uh, Siwoo Kim coming off the back of a win last week. Um, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if he continued his good form. I said actually in last week's podcast, you know, opened up with a bit of joke. The whole industry will be on Siwoo this week because of the fact that his game's more consistent. He loves the the return to the bent grass and walked away from the obvious choice. It was looking me in the eye. It was the first thing I opened up with. Walked away from him and he goes on to uh, to kick me in the teeth and win for the fourth time on the PGA Tour. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if he played well this week, but I think winning is a stretch too far. Gary Woodland um, actually was one that made my shortlist, but he hasn't made my outright selections. He will make DraftKings lineups, but he was available at 80 to 1 with William Hill when the market opened up and Bet365 and Skybet. That was snapped up immediately within half an hour. Um, I, I, I didn't snap any of it up. Um, I looked at it hard. I placed a little win only on the exchange. Um, but then actually have, have traded out of that now because of the contraction. But he's as short as 50 to 1. I actually think that's too short now, but I see reasons why. He's um, he's, he's injury-free, he's, uh, which he suffered from last year. Uh, a lot affected his game. He showed signs of driving the ball really well last week. And, um, you know, and he's been tipped up in a few places. So he's contracted. He won't get shorter than 50 to 1 with the sports books, but uh, I wouldn't put you off him. And the other player in this section that, I referred to at the start of the episode, I have backed him win only 160 to 1 on the exchanges. He's now as short as 40 to 1 with Triple Eight Sports in the UK. Eight places at Triple Eight. 40 to 1, but he is 50 to 1 standard across the board, and that's Louis Oosthuizen. Um Just think his game fits really well for this type of test. And, um, you know, will he go through his whole career without getting a win on US soil? Um, it would be an anomaly if he was to do so. So. You know, in terms of uh, in terms of this section, and I spent uh, a bit longer on, on these this week. One because I think there's more to talk about, and two, I'm really excited about it is um, in this mid-range section. So for DraftKings purposes, you know, Adam Scott will be hugely popular, but he's the headline selection. Do not miss out on him each way. Others to consider: 
would be Scotty Scheffler and um, and Gary Woodland. Second selection, touched upon it, Cameron Davis. I think his game is really uh, suitable to this um, this event this week. Um, and wants to avoid, I think, for DraftKings purposes, just to, due to ownership. Uh, Siwoo, probably popular because of last week. Um, Jason Day, definitely avoid him because you don't know what you're going to get and he might not even finish the tournament. Billy Horschel seems seems fairly short this week. on a court. He's, he's improved on this course consistently over the years. However, I just think he's too short at 45-1 to 1 in an event that I think has a certain skill set requirement that don't fit his you know, school. His iron plays world class, but driving distance um, probably isn't the best, uh, and that's been a real key indicator this uh, for this event. So, in terms of the mid range, that is what you have from me. Get on Adam Scott, get on Cam Davis, and hold your breath for the third and final selection this week in the big priced outsider range. 60 to 1 and above price range then and we have one selection to bring you loads of players that we could talk about here but conscious that this podcast uh, this week probably gone on a little more uh, than most would like a bit because of my excitement of the the amazing tournament that's about to take place and so many players to talk about so I'm going to try and keep this one short and succinct on the on the big price ranges and in terms of players that uh, came under consideration for an outright bet, there weren't many, um, just uh, a couple. So those were, and for DraftKings purposes, they'll be in a mix of my lineups throughout the week. Uh, Charlie Hoffman, three top tens here in the past, along with plenty of miscuts, but plenty of experience this event, showing some decent form coming in um, an improvement recently. Another player... Um, Brant Snedeker, past winner here, um, or t- two-time winner, one of the best rounds of golf that I've ever seen um, t- to win back in, I think it was 2017 now, uh, 2016, sorry, an incredible round of golf. Uh, so again, he came under close consideration, but I think he'll be really popular given his course history um, at the event, uh, two wins, three seconds, and a third yeah, he's going to be really popular. So probably want to fade, actually, for DraftKings purposes if you wanted to take down one of the big tournaments. Um, other players, Kyle Stanley, I think uh, his game suits this type of event. Certainly the south course takes away his frailties or, or, or of his putting and really gives him a chance if he can make hay on the north course. So, excuse me, wouldn't put players off, uh, off um, him. Patrick Rogers is another player that I think he's actually been tipped up in a few places and um, was much hyper uh, when he came out of university, how he was going to you know, uh, you know, win lots on tour and things. Hasn't quite materialised like that. But if he is going to you know, uh, put his name forward um, with some of these young guns that have come through in the last couple of years, Morikawa's, Wolves and Hovland's, to name a few, then you know, this is the type of event that he could do it at. So at 200 to 1 with eight places, again, I wouldn't put you off uh, Patrick Rogers if you want a real speculative bet. Um, Russell Knox was one that um, 
came under consideration definitely for me. Uh, his overall skill sets don't match what I'm looking for, but he's got top. He's got he's in the top twenty in a lot of these categories. So it's proximity to the hole, approach play, strokes gained off the tee. He's actually in the top twenty in the majority of these cat categories uh, and he's coming in off the back of a, a better week last week a real outside chance maybe of the Ryder Cup if he was to win say this event and then a another you know he's going to be in that automatic qualifying selection so and I know it's something that he really wanted to do a few years back when uh, listening to interviews games plateaued a bit over the last 18 months but signs are coming back and he came under consideration 150 to 1 you will do worse but the question that you all have on your lips Who's he going to pick in this section? Well, 150 to 1. My third and final selection for the Farmers Insurance Open taking place at Tory Pines this week is Doc Redman. So Doc Redman available at 150 to 1, 175 to 1 in one place, eight places available. I um, I backed him last week. Um, he didn't make the cut. And he's doubled in price. This week, I'm just going to have to have small stakes on him. He's, um, do I think he can actually win? It's a tough ask. Obviously, he can win. It's a tough ask to get over the line in a field like this. But in a few months' time, I don't think we'll be looking at a card like this, uh, a list of entrants like this, and seeing Doc Redman available at 150 to 1. He's a birdie machine, and if he goes low on that north course, he's also a great ball striker, aggressive golfer. There's a chance that he could give himself a position come um, Saturday that he doesn't have to go and shoot mega low to be in contention come Sunday because he does have the firepower to destroy that north course. So my third and final selection this week, bit left field, a bit against the grain, but there is some method behind the madness, and that is... Doc Redman available at 150 to 1 with eight places. So there you have it. This week's three selections a standout Adam Scott. Do not miss out on Adam Scott this week. He He's going to go close. I'm sure he'll go close. And it, it wouldn't surprise me if he uh, scoots clear by two or three come Sunday. Second, bit more speculative, young gun that's going to be around for years to come, Cameron Davis. He hits it miles, he's an aggressive golfer, goes low and is coming in on the back of uh, some good performances. He definitely can outperform his odds this week and make a run at this golf tournament. And the third and final selection, as just touched upon, Doc Redman, 150 to 1 with eight places. So there you have it. That is this week's preview from Tory Pines. Tory Pines, please. If you've liked the podcast, enjoyed it, got any feedback, please do get in touch on social media at GingerBets and also on Instagram. I'm going to post this one out on LinkedIn this week. So um, those that uh, listen on, you know, that are in the betting industry in, in a more professional capacity, then, um, you know, do, do give a follow, a comment uh, on that forum when you see it posted. I'd be very grateful to get your feedback of what you've enjoyed in, in the podcast structure so far. Do we want less of the player profile, uh, so there's player skill sets, less of the course overview, more on certain parts? You know, your feedback's welcome. I'm going to be doing this every week for 2021. So, um, you know, if you, the more feedback you give me, the better the product will be 
for you as the season develops. Again, if you can take the time to create a rating on iTunes, about 60% of the listeners are actually on iTunes. So if you could take the time to press four stars, five stars, three stars, whatever you feel it is, um, please do so. And if you could leave a comment, that would be incredible because that would help get some traction on the platforms that the podcast goes out to. Thank you for listening. A slightly longer podcast than usual, which I do apologize for. But in these bigger events, there is so much to talk about, more information and research to do at my end. And I want to bring you uh, a, a bit of that. Uh, if, if it is um, slightly too much, then I do apologize. But thank you for listening and uh, look forward to speaking to you all next Monday and Tuesday with our full, um, full house for the year. We'll have a last place, a place finish, a near miss of places and a winner what we don't want is a second another place thanks for listening over and out be good